Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a certified sex coach and clinical sexologist based in Kansas City. And I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy good conversation about love, heartache, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over and probably listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode is going to be focusing on kink because, hi, it's Kinktober. I did not make that up. I know that there's a month for everything, and it's not like it's as official as Sexual Health Awareness Month, but there is a Kinktober hashtag. I'm going to be using the shit out of that this month. I was joined today by someone that I have followed online for a while. I love her content, and I mean, her handle is The Kink Therapist. So, of course, I wanted to have her on this month. Sarah Rosen is a licensed social worker, and she's a queer affirming therapist with extensive experience working with LGBTQ plus young adults, but her specialty is in supporting individuals and couples with sexual dysfunction and fetishes and kinks. Ah! You know, I know sometimes we call that alternative lifestyles to get the SEO, but Sarah is like me. She helps people with some really fun stuff. One thing we did discuss on this episode was some of the differences between what a sex therapist helps people with versus what I as a sex coach help people with. There's, there's definitely things that I am not equipped to handle that a therapist is better equipped for versus things that she just, by her licensing standards, can't help people with like I can. So I think it's important that people understand that you may need different things for different points in your journey. And hopefully this helps you understand you know, which area you might need to go to if you're needing some more support with your sex life. Of course, we got into talking about different kinks and fetishes. We talked about sex toys. And we talked about role play and the, the place that it has in our relationships and our sex lives. I mean, we like any other conversation that I have with someone that I consider a colleague, someone that's in this field, we were talking about different things as we went along the way, but we ended up winding a nice little path through talking about kink and fetish that I know you will enjoy. Please do find Sarah Rosen online at The Kink Therapist. Follow her stuff. And if you don't already follow me, find me online as well. I'm at Open the Doors KC on Instagram and Twitter and at Coach Kristen on TikTok. Which we also talk quite a bit about our TikTok game on here and some of the challenges that we face. <laughs> Censorship kind of sucks. And especially when, we're, when we are facing a topic like Kinktober, or even last month with Sexual Health Awareness Month, there, there are some things that got me kicked off. So I'm going to try and tell the line a little bit better during Kinktober. We'll see what I how We'll see how I come out, if I come out unscathed or have another ban or two under my belt. Please like, share, subscribe, all the things for this podcast, especially if you think there's someone out there that would benefit from hearing my conversation with Sarah Rosen. Enjoy. 
am so excited to kick off Kinktober on Keep Them Coming with a very special guest. I am joined today by Sarah, also known as the Kink Therapist on pretty much every social handle you can think of. So welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Would you do me a favor and introduce yourself for the listeners and tell me a little bit more about your practice um, and Long Island Institute of Sexual of Sex Therapy? Yes, yes, Sarah Rosen. Um, I'm a New York-based sex therapist, and right now I work at the Long Island Institute of Sex Therapy, and we're a group of sex therapists with different specialties, and my specific area of interest is kinks, fetishes, um, alternative relationship dynamics, so so all the, all the weird, obscure stuff that, that comes to me. I love it. I think it's important for people to understand that not only do not all therapists help with all things, but not all sex therapists help with all things. So exactly, exactly. Like you want to see someone specific for erectile dysfunction, for mismatched libido, for kinks and fetishes, right? So it's 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 good to see someone who's like very specific to your niche or to your needs as well. Yes, absolutely. I am curious how because you are a licensed social worker and you have a master's in education. Yes, I do. How did you decide that kink was what you would like to focus on specifically? Um, oh, such a good question. Well, so I, I knew I wanted to be a sex therapist for a really long time. Um, when I was 18, I started working at the sex store in Midtown Manhattan just because I was a super rebellious teenager. Oh my God, I love it. And it just, it very quickly dawned on me, like, this is where I want to be. This is what I was meant to do. I I felt very comfortable talking about sex. And I found that people came into the store for really significant reasons. Women who are going through chemo, who needed different additions and tools Mm -hmm. in the bedroom, guys who were maintaining erections, who were looking for tools as well. And I loved having conversations with folks and just learned how uncomfortable people are and what it does for someone when you just give them space to talk about what they like in bed, what they're looking for, what, what, they're, what they're just not sure about. So, yeah. um, so I knew I wanted to do this for a long time. It's what I went to undergrad for, to grad school. So I, I went to grad school at a wider university for their human sexuality program. They have a great program for those they, out there listening. They do. They truly do. And I went into that program thinking, I know so much about sexuality. I've been working in the field. I'm so advanced. And I learned there's so much that I had no idea about. It totally changed the way that I think about sexuality. And I I think that as as I learned more about different identities, kink just really interested me. And as I started to meet with clients and find Oh, just all the shame that goes along with kinks. I felt like, okay, I just, I feel so connected to this and I I just want to work with this population. Oh, that's a great story. I love that. And I, I think that a lot of people who are in this field knew from an early age that sex specifically was something that they wanted to work with. And I also, the first time I walked into a sex store at 18, I felt totally like, okay, I'm doing this. But then I walked, I was like, oh, this isn't bad. This is a this is easy. I'm really comfortable in here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was early on an, uh, a regular purveyor <laughs> visitor at our local, we called it, it was the old untheater in my college town. Because uh, they did have a theater in the back and then a huge, huge sex shop. But when I got my degree in psychology, I thought I was going to go into marriage and family therapy and, and hopefully uh-huh. focus on, on sex and relationships. But uh, 
grad school for me just got a little too expensive out of my budget. Um, and then I found coaching through working at a weight loss company. Uh huh. And realized like, okay, so this is definitely still a way to help people. And when you're helping people lose weight, you definitely talk about sex relationships. Of course, you're talking about their relationship with their bodies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very intimate. Yes. And that was a lot more fun talking about that stuff than the diet aspect. So I knew then like, okay, yeah, you, that original thought, it, it still holds true. You need to be helping people with their sex lives. And then eventually I came to be a sex coach through um, sitting under SEU. But I often, often get asked, well, what do you do versus what does a therapist do? And I think we are both so important in people's journeys. And, and often people need to see both a therapist and a coach, maybe even a pelvic floor therapist needs to be thrown in the mess. But I want your help to help those listening understand some of the differences between a sex therapist and a sex coach. Yeah. So I, I was thinking about this, like looking through your TikToks, there are so many things that you say that I'm like, I wish I could say that. Like, I wish I could go there, but you know, I'm, I'm a little bit limited because of the license I have and what I can disclose about myself. So as a therapist, you know, you're, you're not, you're not really there to be personally re- relatable to the client or there to support them in their journey. Where I think that as a coach, there's it's the the relationship is intimate in a in a very different way, and you can really normalize different behaviors, attitudes, likes in a way that you just can't within the context of a therapy session. Yeah, yeah, that that is definitely one of the main points that I I say is I can tell you affirmatively, like yes, this lube, both from my experience and clients' experiences, it's very lovely you might enjoy it too. And even something as simple as that, you just can't. Say. I can't. And I'm thinking it, I'm thinking it. And I'm just like, I th- so I'm just, I'm like, oh, that's my favorite toy too. You know, you just, yeah, it's just different. Yes, very, <laughs> very much so. And then there's also different kinds of different aspects of what we help clients with. And I often equate it to therapists are much more focused on the past and sort of figuring out what gotten you to this point whereas coaching's more here's where you are and then here's where you want to be and let me help you get there and and there is some overlap in the middle but for example if a client comes to me and says I think I'd like to try kink because I read this article that talked about how it can help me recontextualize my trauma that I'm Mm -hmm. still having difficulty dealing with I would say you are right but I'm probably not going to be the best fit but here's a sex therapist who will help you with some of those aspects that I just cannot support you with. Sure. And as a sex therapist, I would do a comprehensive sexual history assessment. I would learn about all of their traumas, why they think the way they do about sex. Mm -hmm. We could really do that deep dive into their family, into their experiences, connect it with the present. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just, it's it's a very different outlook. They really, really do complement one another. Yes. And I think what you do is so absolutely necessary to a lot of people. And I'm often catching them after they've already been to therapy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Maybe not necessarily a sex therapist, but some, yes, have have gone that route. Yeah, um, like maybe you've you've worked through a lot of your stuff and now you're ready, I don't know, to put into action. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I've gotten to do some fun things like meet a client at the local toy shop and walk them through, introduce them to the manager and say, hey, if you come in by yourself, this is the person you can ask. They'll be great yeah. to you. And just- help them feel more comfortable walking into the sex store for the first time and actually like touching 
dildos for the first time. Yeah. Beautiful experience. Oh, therapists I can't do that. And no, I, no. That oh. holds me back from ever wanting to get, I think ASECT is wonderful, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. there's a couple aspects about the pledge that you have to make as yes, there are certification yeah. that I just, I'm like, ah, but I want to be able to like pat someone on the back. You can't even do that. Or yeah. Like, eight. Yeah. There's just things that I, I want to be able to meet them at the sex toy shop or meet them at the local dungeon to introduce them. To, I like, like the that is so like that. cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that role is very much needed, but you're right. ASEC does have um, their, their strict guidelines. And right now I'm, I just finished my hours and I'm going to be submitting my application. So oh, almost okay. there, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, so it's great to be able to utilize e- each other's resources. And I see a lot of the things that different sex coaches do. Um, there's the, ca- uh, cannabis, co- what, uh, what is her name? Oh, Ashley Sexual. Yeah. Sexual. And I see like, she talks about squirting and the works out she does. I'm like, oh, so cool. So cool. Referring my clients to, yes. to you know, all the things that I cannot do. There are so many wonderful resources out there these days from just people's social media channels to like, I love Dr. Doe on YouTube. Oh, I'm not familiar with Dr. Oh, Doe. Do- Dr. I'll have to Lin- check them out. Dr. Lindsay Doe. She's fabulous. She, she did unfortunately get monetized or yeah, demonetized on YouTube. Um, for showing That's a, a real life human penis. <gasps> the horror. I think it, I actually didn't get to see the video, but it was just more of like the inset and she was, you know, just showing, but that's what got her. Um, you know, I, I get it. The whole thing is like no nudity and there could have been some other ways <clears throat> to do that. But at the same time, she is providing some really critical sexual health information that even I learned things from her yeah Ugh. but it's so hard in some ways to get out there and give factual sexual health information to people it really is and you and I have to be so creative on TikTok to be able to talk about the things that we do and then it's like am I being too low-key that uh, I, I am not getting the message out is it being understood I'm using all the code words I'm trying not to get deleted but I really want to put that information out there it's it's a yeah. struggle it's a struggle have you had very many videos banned on tiktok yes i have i have had okay. quite a few banned and i'm a little bit better at it now so i don't talk about i can't show any sex toys i reference them i talk about them in the comments but because that's one of my favorite things and as a sex therapist to to help introduce tools into the bedroom i just i i, I love sex toys sex toys can they can fix anything. And I want to talk about them all the time. Oh, I, I love talking people. about sex toys. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, but so yeah, you have to be so careful. So as someone but, who worked at a sex toy shop and mm-hmm. I mean, obviously you're through with your education. So it's been a, a hot minute since you're not, not like you're in your fifties. You're, I'm not going to guess how old you are. I'm, yeah. I'm 31 and okay. I started. Like yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was 18. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Even I think in the last decade, there have been tremendous changes in the sex toy industry, especially sex tech and oh my like gosh, oh, and all these things. Oh, let's talk about it. I mean, of course, I know you know all about VR sex. I have the Oculus. Ah. Um, yeah, yeah. And as also you said, like it's owned by Facebook. I'm like, man, Facebook already knows that I masturbate too. They've they've done a long time. I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I think that stuff is is so cool. And I mean, using sex tech for long distance relationships, the fact that you can, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, there are so many issues you can fix with sex tech. Like Fleshlight has this new device coming out that I'm obsessed with. It's like the quick shot. And it's, you hold onto these handlebars on the side and there's the thing that you put your penis into mm-hmm. and it's just, you press a button and it does it for you. And then on top, there's a place for you to put your phone. Like it's totally hands-free, jerking yourself off. It's amazing. And it has to hold your phone for your porn. Yes, yes. Ah. I I see stuff like that. I'm like, why on earth are there people out there using their hands? I got my guy the Tanga Flip. Oh, I love the Tanga Flip. That's a really cool one. Yeah, he had had a flashlight and really liked it. His only complaint was the cleanup. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, another a male sex coach friend of mine, Kincaid McMinn, had recommended trying the Tanga. And it's actually really fun for me to use on him as well. Well, yeah. And I would think that, okay, so if you're giving a hand job with it, it's going to be easier on you and feel better for them to have like the the whole penis covered. Oh my gosh. I mean, and you, I do think that I give a fabulous hand job. And he's, I'm sure you do. I believe it. But yeah, sometimes we, I just want things to go a little quicker, or a little different. And I love the plastic on the size that you can push to sort of like give it a little seesaw effect. And it just makes yeah. it squeeze up and down. And yeah, Tenga makes a nice product. So it's a totally different sensation. So, you know, when people make the argument that like, well, sex toys are going to replace this, this and that, but it's so different. You just can't compare the sensations to silicone flesh vibration it's just why not experience all of them the only time i've ever heard that objection about like oh well but but will it replace is from people who have not really experienced sex toys i never hear from people who have sex toys like you know i'm i'm really finding that i just want to fuck my toy i don't want (laughs) to fuck my no one says that no 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 it's a fallacy it's a fallacy Um, Just like people who don't masturbate are the only ones who think that they're master. I won't say only, but it's mostly people who don't masturbate who think that masturbating more often will stop them from wanting sex. People who don't masturbate think that masturbating. Oh, 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 right, 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 right. People who masturbate know like, no, no, it just kind of increases my libido. (laughs) It does. So with erectile dysfunction, a lot of guys will say to me, when I feel the urge to masturbate, I don't do it because if I feel like I'm able to get an erection, I should be saving it for my partner. I'm like, it actually mm-hmm. doesn't work that way. The more you do it, the 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 more you're thinking about it, the easier it's going to get for you. And yes. so, yeah, I, I always tell, like masturbate as, as much as you can, as much as you feel comfortable with. The other thing about male masturbation, guys hiding in their bathroom to jerk off. <sighs> I, yeah, yeah. Oh, unless that's where you want to jerk off, go for it. But the thought of- I don't of- want to get off in the bathroom. I don't want to oh. be sitting on a toilet with my vibrator. Uh, I mean, oh, occasionally I want to use the shower head. Yes. Yes. But- yes. But yeah. like, Kristen, for the guys that are like, I don't want my wife to know that I masturbate and I do it over the toilet. And I'm like, bring her in. Let's have a conversation. Yes. You are a 60 year old man. You should be jerking off in your bed if that's where you want to jerk off. Yeah. Yeah, so very strong. Man. <laughs> I'm I'm with you 100 percent. I I know for myself that it doesn't take a lot to actually get to that. comfort. I mean, yes, I'm a sexuality professional, but it doesn't take a lot to get to the comfort level of being able to simply say, hey, babe, I kind of want to go masturbate or 
just simply go into the bedroom and do my own thing or him do his own thing in the middle of the day. Like, it's not as weird as it seems to announce, hey, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go jerk off real quick. Be like, okay. Do you want to Do you want me to join or, or just have fun? that I love that question of do you want me to join or are you gonna have solo time or you know or like saying hey I'm gonna go jerk off you're welcome to join me or or if not I'm gonna go have some alone time cool either way I love that that oh I wish that we were more comfortable talking about sex and specifically masturbation that way me too I think that's one of the top topics that I try to help people with is just increasing their comfort level with talking about masturbation getting into mutual masturbation I love mutual masturbation I love it I love it and it's like if you're like okay we both want to get off but I just don't have the energy I don't feel like doing doing anything like use your toys next to each other yes one one of my favorite things is to lay where your your head and your feet are like together so you're facing one another rather than just laying side by side oh my gosh I've never thought about that I love that you get a really good view of their genitals and how exactly like they're doing things or yeah able to make the eye contact in a more comfortable way and like you're seeing everything in that view yeah and I'm thinking specifically for men who are having difficulty just getting to know the vulva perfect perfect what more could you want that's it it's this is your map I lucked out and actually had a pretty decently adventurous first husband uh like we were totally in a mutual masturbation even while we were dating in our early 20s uh mostly because I was like I don't feel like having sex right now but you can totally jerk off next to me and I'll do my own thing and I didn't even recognize it as mutual masturbation at the time I just thought it's laziness oh my god <laughs> but, but it was you such were... a good learning experience wow and what you probably have done for his sex life for his sexuality, like, yeah. Hopefully. I feel like most women wouldn't wouldn't know to even bring that up. I hope that he lucked out after me and got some some good partners. Uh, we're only connected on Instagram and I don't follow him that hardcore, so. Either way, we, we wish him the best. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I have wondered what it's like for my exes to see what I do now. I think about the same thing. <laughs> See now you're married, is that correct? Your partner? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm married. I've seen some cute uh posts, like the one about people going after your pet loving <laughs> husband online. Yes. Come and fight. I'll come, I'll come. I'll four time. I'm four time, but I'll fight him. Yeah, no, he's a he's a veterinarian, so we're in very different fields of work. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Mine. Just- yeah, mine went from the corporate world to just kind of working for himself during the pandemic and uh it's I know that it's been a couple of interesting conversations for friends but yeah I do wonder what it's like for the exes to be like she's doing what now yeah yeah it's it's pretty nice it's very nice and I think about you know the people in my past that have learned from me mm-hmm. you know we've we've changed some lives personally oh, yeah. and professionally I'm sure yeah I'm so I'm partnered uh but not married and mm-hmm. yeah there's definitely been times even in the last year and a half or so that I've gotten that message of like, damn, I just miss your blowjobs. I'm like, I'm sure you do. I'm I'm sure you do. I love that. I love that. That makes me so happy. There's a reason I teach a class on cock worship. Ooh. Yeah. And I I do admit that's the thing I get to admit, like I am a blowjob queen. 
I love giving blowjobs and I have gotten five-star reviews. So let me teach you my best tips. <laughs> I feel so happy for your partner. Oh, yes. He's a lucky guy. He is. He really I'm a lucky is. Gal too. I'm oh, good. He's good. highly skilled as well. I'll tell you what, I want to, we've been talking uh, for a hot minute now, and I still have some things I want to ask you about, but I want to take a quick break. Um, and when we get back from the break, I want to get a little bit more into Kinktober uh, and talk about role play, uh, as well as what some of the most common or obscure kinks are that, that you've helped people with. So let's take a break. It's time for a quick break. I promise it'll just be a minute, so stay tuned. I'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid. All right, back from the break again here with Sarah, the kink therapist. That's Hello. How you can find her Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok. I'm on Instagram, all. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. I haven't really used a lot, but I should get into it. I found you on there today. And I, I've gotten more and more into TikTok over the last yeah. couple of years as censorship has increased on Facebook and Instagram. So. Your your TikTok is amazing. So when you've reached out to me, it's like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Thank you. I really appreciate that. It's the one platform that I've actually gotten to take off. I don't know what the special sauce is. but Because well, your, your videos are really informative. Like you're, you're really good at what you do. So- Thank you. That's just how it goes. Thank you. I very, very much appreciate it. I'm actually teaching a class about using TikTok for business for our local library system, which does entrepreneurship classes. Oh my January. gosh. So wow. You stay very busy. I do. I do. I try to stay. I've got this nice little dance going on right now in my, my and I'm in Kansas City uh, with, between what I do with sex coaching as well as some stuff with entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. try to be highly involved with some of the, the women's entrepreneurship groups and, uh, the LGBT chamber of commerce, one of my favorite groups here and, uh, trying to help other businesses that are like solo practitioners kind of know what they need to do to make all this stuff work. Damn. When you're on your own these days, I mean, you're in a therapy group, so yeah, yeah. Some nice things going for marketing, advertising, things like that. But, but you still, well, even socials trying to build your yeah life. it's a lot it's a lot I mean every TikTok that you see that's like 30 seconds it takes hours and hours to make it's crazy oh I've been getting a lot of mean people though lately I so, had a yeah. minute where that happened yeah I I got to the point where I didn't even reply just block 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 yeah I made a video recently about so speaking of Kingtober about mm -hmm. normalizing different fetishes and it, it was so cool this video went super viral and I talked about like alien abduction fetishes and I think it was in 2019 when people were talking about uh storming area 151 that oh, aliens yeah. are like the <laughs> the most searched on on you porn or or porn hub that uh -huh. year so people are people are masturbating to aliens people want to fuck aliens like this is a thing okay and it's it's huge so anyway just normalizing alien abduction fetishes and I just got thousands of comments and people naming their kink their fetish saying like is this weird is this normal it's like yes you're normal yes you're normal and I commented on one about age play and people were really debating in the comments age play mm -hmm. is sexual assault if you're into this you're you're a pedophile and I defended age play like you know, whatever age you want to act out between two consenting adults, um, 
what if you want to act out two people in a nursing home like that's yeah. age play it's, yeah. it's it's just not so specific it's not about the specific age dynamic it's about the the role play aspect yes um yeah so someone that made a mean video about me but I'm just like ah. yes yes about the age play comment and I'm like did I say the wrong thing but I see but but I didn't age play is just share that with me so I can stitch or comment or do something I I mm have gotten a lot of bans lately. And <laughs> so I'm ha- I am having to also be cautious. In fact, my yeah. video I think I'm going to film today is just me <clears throat> sitting here just staring at the video screen going like when it's kinktober but you're afraid to say anything. Yeah, you can't say anything. It's <sighs> I mean seriously, I'm trying to plan out my month like, see okay, if I can find it. Oh, cuz I deleted the comment but Aww. I know, I know. Um, I'm going to get into the really obscure kinks and fetishes that people yes. don't like typically correlate with sexuality. Like, I'm going to talk a lot about ghost fantasies. Like, mm-hmm. let's talk about spooky sex. So I, so I wanted to tell you a little bit about some of the kinks that I work with. One of the, what I hear the most, what I, what surprises me. Yes. I will tell you that my favorite and probably the most common kink, I guess, uh, or fetishes, foot fetishes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and every and I get a lot of guys who like feet that they think that there's something wrong with them like am I ever gonna find someone who like likes foot massages or well I'm like yes yes you will yes you will. yes you mm-hmm. certainly will um that is a good thing and I just feel like it's one of those oh it's one of those fetishes that there's just such a stigma about there is I, I even was reluctant to let anyone get into foot play until I don't know like two years ago a lover just like put my foot in his mouth I was like oh fuck that feels really good what and I'm not trying to seek it out now but if another lover wanted to do it one day I'd be like yes go ahead you would welcome it take it (laughs) yeah Yeah. and there are so many different aspects to foot fetishes like yeah sometimes they just want to look at it sometimes they actually want to touch it sometimes they want it in their mouth but and I think that's one of the most missed points about fetish is that while we, we may say foot fetish it can manifest in so many different ways as to what that person actually desires. Yeah, it can, you can like big feet, small feet, feet that smell, feet that are mm-hmm. covered in gum. I don't know. There's just, there's such a range with any kink. There's like, there's such a spectrum of, of what that encompasses, which is so, so fun. So yeah, just really normalize what people like um, a lot of golden shower kinks where I, I just don't get why people, mm-hmm. that's another one people really stigmatize. And it's like, if you don't like it, just don't do it. But I, I, I feel like I hear all the time, I'm down for everything, just obviously not pee stuff. And that is, it's so bothering to, to people who like that, where it's like, oh, is that the norm? Like you can be into anything, but not that. And it's just, it, it just makes me sad. It, it makes me sad at times when I look at an intake form and there's hardly anything marked on all these boxes that I've got for all these different things. But then when we're talking in session, they're like, but by the way, I kind of, you know, I like this, I like this thing. I'm like, what thing? You're like, be more specific. Well, you know, it involves, I don't know if people call it waterworks these days. I'm like golden showers, like, yes. And they look, they can't even make eye contact. Like, like it is totally okay to talk about anything. Here. And like, I try to preface early on in sessions that the only thing I don't like talking about is medical fetish. And that's just because blood skis me out. So if you talk about things, I might go, ugh. And I don't want you to think that's judgment because you can do yeah. whatever you want as a consent yeah. adult. But I get in my head like the idea of a little trickle, 
Ugh. little trickle of blood really okay I, and I can't I just can't do it there's a reason I didn't become a nurse or a doctor well be, being good at this means you have to know what you can and what you can't talk about yes like for, absolutely for me I, I can talk about blood and medical plague I, you know I can talk about a lot of things um animals that's me that's my yeah that's my thing. I can talk about necrophilia it does not bother me I think that ne consensual necrophilia should be a thing. I always joke that I'm going to donate my body to the necrophilia community. My husband doesn't like that joke, but um, <laughs> I, I think that, that I, I know it's, I think that can be a thing. Maybe I'll make some, no, I would get banned for that. TikTok won't like that. TikTok would ban you for that. No, no, no. So, okay. Yeah. It's just a thing. It's just a thing. Just think about it. It makes sense. Um, yeah. So that's for and animals. That's my, that's what I know that I wouldn't be comfortable talking about. And I took a class at Widener where we really had to take a deep dive and figure out what we were most uncomfortable talking about and write a research paper on that. Mm. So I had to write a research paper treating, you know, working with people who were um, into bestiality and zoophilia. And it was very, very challenging for me. Mm. And, you know, I kind of pushed myself, wrote the paper and really recognized, okay, I, I know more about this. And it's still something that I wouldn't be equipped to work with. Yes. And I also wouldn't be equipped to work with that either. So, uh, yeah, I've never had anyone come and ask me about necrophilia or anything like that. Uh, now they will. Yeah, they will. Yeah. But now, now they I'm will. Like, I'm like, huh. If someone brought that up in session, I'd just be like, I'd probably just approach it more from a curious state of mind than I would from a, the fuck is wrong with you? I'd be like, well, tell, where, where is this coming from? And if I'm not the right person to talk to you about this with, we're going to refer you out, which is okay. You send them over to me. <laughs> no, it's not judgment. It's just that like, I don't know much about this or getting into all this. So yes. And that again, I got to know my limits, not only for topics, but what I am equipped to help people with. Exactly. I cannot exactly. help you with trauma. I cannot help you with deep seated anger. Like if you're pissed at your spouse for doing something and you're withholding sex and mm -hmm. you know, you're punishing them when you do have sex and like beating them with the riding crop a little too hard. Like that's not where I come in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Unless they're again, if they're okay with getting the ever living crap beat out of their balls with a riding crop, that is fine. <laughs> I, I couldn't agree more. I, it's all about consent. Exactly. So, I mean, and that's why I feel like any fantasy is okay, right? You can fantasize about something that isn't legal or, or right, but you can't act on it. That was something that I was thinking about a lot recently. It was actually something I was thinking about doing social media posts about was we are allowed so much space when it comes to like our dreams. You know, we might wake up and be like, that was a really fucked up dream. Some people will mm -hmm. put some some stock into it meaning something but most mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. if it's a really fucked up dream especially a fucked up sex dream and fucked up being in air quotes because everyone's idea fucked up is different sure sure but if you wake up and go like oh that was kind of not what i mm, am really actually into but mm -hmm. maybe or you have a fantasy while you're masturbating like a thought pops into your mind you're like oh that's kind of outside the bounds of what i'm normally used to or that's really taboo yeah. Like rape fantasy, or I should say consensual, non-consensual play fantasy, that kind of stuff. Yeah. People can get really harsh on themselves for having those fantasies or those dreams occasionally. How do you help people process some of that? Consensual. So the idea of consensual non-consent, it's 
it's huge. And I'm looking through my comments on TikTok. That's probably one of the number one kings people have questions about. Is it okay that I like this? Mm-hmm. And the the keyword is is consent. It's about uh, power dynamics are hot and there there are so many ways in, with age play, with just dom sub play. There are so many ways to work out that power dynamic. Yes, absolutely. I that role play aspect. We can come back to that a little, some more there. I it was actually during um Hump Fest. Well, I'm, I'm not a huge Dan Savage fan. Um I think there's been some good contributions to his uh-huh. work, but there's obviously I think been some problematic things come from him. Anyway, Hump Fest had a short film. Have you watched any of the Hump Fest? I haven't. No, I'm not familiar with it. So it's I don't know how many years he's been doing it, but over a decade, I want to say, but you can submit little vignettes of porn. It's like mm-hmm. it's amateur porn. About five cool. minutes is the maximum length. And one of them was about showing how a consensual, non-consensual scene might play out. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's the overlay of it is the audio of both partners talking about how she used it to reprocess previous trauma and again that power play and the things that it took to work it out beforehand to understand what were the boundaries and what was you know the intention to be set yeah and so something I've worked with with quite a few couples is you have one partner who has a history of trauma and they want to play this out in a scene and the partner is the other partner is freaked out. Like, why would you want this done to you again? So replaying something that happened to you, whether how it was traumatic or not, it can be really healing. And sometimes you want to be on the other side of it and you want to be the dominant person in that interaction. And that can be the healing aspect for you. There's no right or wrong way to heal from trauma, right? Right. Right. You choose how to dress your own wounds. Oh, yes, that right there. That's beautiful. Absolutely. I- I love being able to answer people's questions about, is this normal? And I love that. Yes. The answer is yes. The answer is yes. It's it's always yes. Always. Absolutely. I've never, I've never once said, no, that's not normal. There's never been a single thing that someone has actually either emailed me, asked me in person, put it into a comment section, followed by, is this normal? Where I have not said yes. There's so much out there that people can experience when it comes to sexual expression and desire and fantasy. And I think all of it is just so goddamn yummy. And I wish that more and more people would stop trying to yuck other people's yum. Yeah. And just being able to explore that raw, authentic, animalistic part of yourself when you, and when you could do that with your partner, I, I think that it makes a lot of other parts of your relationship a lot easier. Like, okay, some of the most difficult parts of a relationship to have conversations about sex, money, in-laws, kids. Mm-hmm. Once you got the sex part down, when you can talk about that you want to be milked like a cow, like the the finance conversations, they get easier. The childcare uh- conversations get easier. It really does work that way. So, I mean, a lot of sex therapy is working on communication skills. Yes. And working on one will benefit many other aspects of your life. Absolutely. I, Emily Morris always says communication is lubrication. It's so is. Emily. It absolutely is. And there have been times where 
I've tried to help people with better communication. I'm like, y'all need to just go talk to a therapist for a little while first, because that right now, like I'm not getting through to you about the communication aspect. And therapy is, I think at times much more well-equipped to help people with that aspect. Because I think when couples aren't communicating, there's, there's something else amiss, whether it's a lack of trust and safety um, mm-hmm. or just some like hardcore anger issues that have not been overcome. So yeah, I'm like doing the work you do about communication. <laughs> well, that's like, yeah, I, I love a screaming couple. I don't know why, but we'll, we'll break it down. I have no problem with that. And so when you have a couple who's what we call having gridlock fights, they're having the same fight over and over again, it does help to see a couple's therapist and they're going to do individual sessions with you and find out what was your family dynamic? Like, like what were your relationship models? What are the expectations that you both have of relationships? Why are we, you know, how can we meet in the middle or how can we unlearn some of the more uh, chaotic things we've learned from our families of origin that we've brought into our current relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And that's stuff that needs to be dealt with. I pass them off for sure. <laughs> for sure. Uh, I'm curious because since you're on my podcast, yes, maybe a client might listen to this. So you can say no, but okay. Okay. What are your top like five favorite sex toys? Okay, so number one is Satisfier Pro 2. It's to me, it's the best toy of all time. Um, that's the one that if I don't have it charged, and then probably second, I have the Lilo Enigma. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> looking at my nightstand right now. I'm like, what order do we have? Um, if that, then I have um, I have a bunch of the Laura DiCarlo toys. What is the the pink one? I really like all of the like the air pulse toys. Mm-hmm. I've started to enjoy some of those as well. I have the smile yeah. makers poet. That's like the little kind of those new pedal ones that are like the little. Oh, uh, I don't know about that. Oh yeah. Oh, so smile makers, the poet has interchangeable heads. So if your clitoris is smaller versus uh-huh. larger, mm-hmm. it fits differently. Like little, little yeah. sockets to fit on that clit head. I love that. And that's what's similar with Satisfier. Like they have the the Pro 2, but they also have the um, suction toys with different size heads. And it's good for someone if you're transitioning and you're taking testosterone mm-hmm. and like your clitoris is growing. There, there are so many cool options. Um, and then, you know, I love I love utilizing the male toys. I, I'm a big fan of Fleshlight. I'm waiting for the Halloween Fleshlight line to come out. I have like the, the vampire vagina and the, oh my oh, god, I love it! I love it. The Frankenstein assholes like that. That's fun. I I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. Yeah, so I might need to order those just to have them on my have them on my bookshelf. Exactly. Oh, just decoration. It's yeah, just, right? just decoration. Yeah, my I'm so we. We don't have kids yet, which is great because I, I th- my home, I get sent a lot of sex toys to try and review and which I, I'm, I'm blessed that I get that. I love it, but there's just dildos and fleshlights and shit everywhere. Oh yeah. I have a <laughs> shelf right over. Actually, I moved my shelf. I had a shelf behind me, but I was worried that, may- okay, is this why I'm getting my TikToks taken down because there's oh. dildos behind me? So I made a whole so separate shelf on my bookshelf over here in my shoulder uh, with all the toys I've been getting sent lately and yeah, it's beautiful. It's, it's like we have little museums. It's not a bad gig uh, to be involved in the sex industry 
and get free toys to try out. I know. We'll we'll never be able to do anything else with our lives again, but why would we want to? Exactly. I think both of us are doing exactly what we were put on this planet to do. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I truly feel that I'm not, not to sound corny, but like living my life's purpose. And you know, when someone is like, I, I was able to orgasm or I was able to tell my partner what I want in bed. I'm like, I could die happy now. Like this is what more could you want in life? It's just, yes. It is such a satisfying experience when you get to that, that kind of last session and you're, you're, you and your clients are both sort of feeling like, okay, well, I mean, you, you, you accomplish the thing you've done the stuff you're good like go out into the world and have fun fucking go out and do it yeah it's so satisfying when because I see n- neither relationship with either a sex therapist or a sex coach is supposed to last forever mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. are still goal and action oriented um you know there's a difference between seeing you through the thing and maybe the goal line shifting and adding more goals but Right, right. I, you know, I have, I don't know. Right. There, there are definitely a lot of issues that you, you see a sex therapist maybe for nine months and you and your mm-hmm. partner are in a much better place. And maybe you come back for maintenance therapy. Yeah. For me yes. personally, I couldn't imagine not being in therapy. I, I plan to be there forever. I think I will go to therapy off and on for sure the rest of mm-hmm. my life. I don't currently mm-hmm. have a therapist. Not saying I don't need one, because I think like, all, <laughs> all of us probably need one for some reason. Although I, I feel like I'm in a good homeostasis. That's great. Phase I, right now. That's awesome. But then there I, are times where I'm like, maybe I need to go see one about my ADHD. <laughs> I mean, it helps. It helps. I see. Oh gosh, I see my, my therapist twice a week, and but I, I practice what I preach. Yes, I, and it and it really does help me. Um, become a better therapist because I, I understand how how scary it can be to divulge certain information to to just to a new person. Yeah, absolutely. I you know I had a friend a couple of months ago who we were talking about some things and I said, did you share that with your therapist? They're like, no, I mean I think there's some things that are just for me. And then I was like, wait, what? Oh what? no. No, girl, you no, honey. Let's like, let's go talk about that. And they're like, but uh, I don't know if she's equipped to help me with that. I'm like, well, then she'll tell you. She'll tell you and she'll refer to you to someone who is. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, if this is something that you think is a key component to what's going on. Yeah. Like, cause don't, I'll- don't hold back. Don't hold back in therapy, folks. And oh, and if you bring up something in therapy and your therapist shames you for it, then you probably need a new therapist. That, that I do hear a lot of, but if you're not equipped to talk about sex, which you don't have to be, there are certain things I have, I don't like, I'm not great with, with eating disorders. I'm so someone tells me that's something they're struggling with. I'm going to find a good person to connect them with. Right. So, um, but I'm not going to try to take that on, on my own, but if, if you don't know how to take that on to, to then, uh, stigmatize your client for what they bring up to you instead of saying like I'm not well versed in that let's find you someone who is you're, you're just doing a disservice but I do have a lot of clients who they have an individual therapist they brought up maybe the fact that they're having difficulty orgasming and then their therapist referred them to me to work with them in addition to their individual therapist on different issues yes and that, that's definitely how I've often come to some clients is the referral from the therapist like hey I'm working on this thing but like, uh, I'm not as comfortable or 
familiar with talking to them about opening up their relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. She says she's not having an orgasm and I don't know what to do for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I am just so thankful that folks like you exist. I am so, so glad that we got the chance to connect. Um, This has been an absolute pleasure having you on my podcast today. Yes. Thank you. This has been so much fun. I was trying to think for one closing thing. First off, again, your social media game absolutely kills. So I, I want to give you a second here in a moment to tell all the people how to find you. Um, but to kind of close this out, when you think about some of the things that people could release <laughs> in order for them to get into kink, what are, what are some of the top things that you think, hey, if you're thinking about it, here's what to consider before mm-hmm. you try kink. Okay, so do your research, erotica, porn. A lot of times we don't know what we don't know what we like until we're exposed to it. So yes. watch, try different things. That I mean, watch some weird stuff. You might be like, what people are into this? Let me see. Okay, okay. So this is how you do that. Talk with your partner about it. Oh, and if your partner mentions a kink to you that you're not into, the worst thing you can do is judge them and shame them for it. You cannot shame someone out of having a kink. All you can do is isolate them and create distance in the relationship. Mm -hmm. And I say, if you make your partner feel bad about what they like in bed, they will find someone who does not. I know it's harsh. It's really harsh, but you, you know, in any relationship, Hopefully there's a lot of overlap on what you like in bed fantasy wise and kink wise, but you're just, you're not going to like all the same things to eat. You're not always going to go to sleep at the same time. You're not going to like all the same things in bed. So recognize that you might share something with your partner and they might be a little bit put off by it. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with what you like. Yes. Someone else's reaction is more of a comment about, about them than about what you like. I could not agree more. Oh my gosh. It is, it is so sad when people come and say, yeah, my, my partner just, she shut down or they, he shut down the conversation right away as soon as I brought it up. And now I don't know what to do. And now I'm just thinking about going out and finding somebody else on the side. I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. Yeah. But nine yeah. times out of 10, they do. They go out and find somebody else either with or without their partner's permission when there's been high levels of shame or just a complete stonewall. They just won't talk about it. Like you are setting yourself and your partner up for failure. You absolutely are. You absolutely are. And if you don't like the thing that your partner is into, you don't necessarily have to do it, but like maybe utilize it in dirty talk. You can describe doing it instead of doing the physical action. Like, you know, sometimes you can give your partner what they need in bed, just like you give someone a massage to make them feel good. You can give someone what they need in bed to make them feel good, even if you're not into alien abduction role play. Like, you know, get some probing tools and and do it for your partner and give them that experience without making them feel stupid about it. Yes. And I think, again, that's where the, when they stonewall and just won't talk about anything, that's where I'm like, you don't even know what they really, really want or how that thing can be fulfilled in a really creative way yeah like I love that you're using the the alien abduction one I'm on an alien case I don't know I'm that's where I'm at I really gotta transition to ghosts ghosts yeah or even like lunars people are into balloons 
you know, because and that's why I love like the will want won't list because half of it is the benefactor of bliss and the other one is the purveyor of pleasure. Sometimes people want things done to them, but don't want to do them to other people. Or other times people are like, oh gosh, I can't imagine him doing that to me, but I could do that to him. Yeah, yeah. And like, see, it isn't until you actually see it or talk about it and are checking in with what what is your body's reaction to that? Are you looking at this going like, okay, this, oh, this isn't, oh, okay, I'm kind of turned on by this now. Versus like, oh, mm, I don't, I don't really want to watch that. You sometimes need to see something in erotica or read it to see what your visceral reaction is like before you can judge if you could do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, similar with group sex, like sometimes it, it's something that sounds really good in theory, but it's it's not so great in practice or or vice versa. You, you just don't know. But the worst thing you can do is shame or judge a kink or a fetish. You're not going to get anywhere with that. Yeah. Like you said, you're setting yourself up for relationship failure. Absolutely. Well, Sarah, can you tell everyone how they can find you? Yes. Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and TikTok as the kink therapist. I have I have a Twitter. It's also the the kink therapist underscore. I should I'll be developing that. Um, but yeah, check me out TikTok and Instagram. You are adorable. You've got great style. I, I love the stuff that you're putting out there. I Thank love you. that you like were able to nab the kink therapist on. I couldn't believe that was available. I was like, this is this handle is made for me. I tried doing sex coach Kristen on TikTok. They did not like that. I immediately was not allowed to join TikTok when I tried that. I'm sorry to hear but that. Coach Kristen was as close as I could get. So uh, I'm, you know, snaps to you that they let you have the the kink therapist on there. But yeah, I, I got lucky. And hopefully you continue to have wonderful success. I, I know that socials are probably bringing in some wonderful clients. And the beauty of the pandemic, I think, too, is that a lot of people realized they are not stuck working with people that are just in their communities. Yeah, it's it's great. No, I can work with anyone in New York. I'm hoping to get licensed in other states as well. Perfect. So, and even if they cannot work with you as a therapist, Y'all, there's so much that you can learn. Just watch her, follow her stuff. You build up your base of education. And Sarah, I wish you all the best. And thank you again for being on Keep Thank Them you Coming. so much. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast. And check the show notes for stuff we talked about during the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, and TikTok, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my safe for work or not safe for work email list, which I call the Dirty Bird. If you want less censored content about sex and relationships and want to know what I'm up to, please subscribe to that list. Send me an email, Kristen at Open the Doors Coaching, if you have a question, want to book a session, or want more information on my upcoming workshops. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.